Disney Roulette is a movie review podcast in which we discuss, in detail, the movies available on Disney's streaming service. In internet speak, that means, spoiler alert, you've been warned. Also, while Disney films are safe for the whole family to enjoy together, this show is not. Listener discretion is advised. All that said, let's do this shit. To Disney Plus Roulette, a magical movie review podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm the ever-reluctant husband, Bob. How's it going, babe? Uh, I'm having fun here, hanging in there, and, you know, having a riot. Yeah, should we go ahead and get the bad news out of the way? Um, sure. So, long story short, I've been put on furlough from my real job. You know, COVID-19 2020 strikes again, and... That's going to put us in place where we have to start worrying about financial statuses. It is what it is. So we'll continue producing the podcast as best we can. Yeah, that's that's what it is. The good news is that paying for our RSS feed will be the last thing to go. This podcast brings us a lot of joy. Bob is going to get his D&D podcast up real soon. So we don't want to stop doing this. So this will be our last quote unquote luxury that we would get rid of if it came to that. Hopefully it won't. We're thinking it's possibly going to be temporary. Fingers That's crossed. That's the hope. You never know. 2020. Yeah. But also, I'm going to put some wine glass charms up for sale on our website, as well as some podcast merch. So stay tuned. I'll probably have an announcement episode, like a little mini guy pop up in the next week or so once the store is up and running. The bad news is that if this furlough lasts for a while, we might have to take a break from the cocktails or design them blindly without ever actually having tried them because alcohol is pretty pricey. But we're going to try to keep the show as steady as we can. So let's get on to the fun stuff and look at some news, shall we? Sure. Coming in the fall is a National Geographic-produced docuseries about the Animal Kingdom Park. I am super pumped about this as a zookeeper. I am really excited to see what their veterinary facility looks like and kind of see what the day-to-day for their keepers looks like. I'm super stoked about this one just as a zoo nerd. You never. Uh, Shocking. Shocking news. There's also going to be a Beauty and the Beast prequel, which I guess was announced a little while ago, and I somehow missed this entirely. I did too. Yeah, it's about Gaston and LeFou, and it's based on the live-action version. So Luke Evans and Josh Gad will be returning, which is super exciting. Wow. Luke Evans as Gaston gives me life. Actually, I love Josh Gad in that movie too, but Luke Evans was just everything I could have hoped for and more for a Gaston. The show is going to be called Little Town. As in, little town, was a quiet village, every day, like the one before. Do you want to just do the whole song? No, I don't. Okay. 
Just checking. Uh, and the release date right now is unknown, but I'm pretty excited about that. I'm kind of just so-so on the live-action Beauty and the Beast, but Luke Evans was kind of a highlight of it for me, so I, I can be pretty stoked about this. And actually, Alan Menken is the one who announced the title of it, so I'm hoping, hmm. I kind of am getting the impression that it's a musical series and that Alan Menken is writing the music for the series. So I mean, with Josh Gad and him, I mean, you, it'd be a crime not to have them sing. Right. Like, doubly exciting. I'm pretty stoked. So we're actually recording this episode only about three days after the previous one dropped. I'm going to be out of town for a little bit, helping my dad after his surgery. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Hey, dad. What's up? By the time this episode airs, it will be available now. Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace Against the Universe. I imagine if you watch Phineas and Ferb, this is very exciting. I never watched it. I actually want to go back and watch it. I've been told a lot that there's some adult humor in there, that it's a good show. I know it's a kid's show per se, but I think I might take that time and go back and watch it. So that's exciting that there's more content coming for that. Yeah, that was another one that was really popular when I was at the Disney store. I was too old for it by then, and I was curious about it because it was so incredibly popular. Yeah. But it was really easy for me to just take a night and watch High School Musical, and it was a lot harder to take a night and watch a whole series because this was also pre, you know, Netflix and Disney Plus, so yeah, I just didn't really have the access to it. At least I've been told it has that more of adult humor, similar to like a, a Gravity Falls. Nice, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a bad review. I've only ever heard people rave about it. Yeah. So there's a sequel. That's exciting. And then our last bit of news is that premiering November 17th is the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> In this, Ray, Finn, and Poe reunite to celebrate Life Day after the events of Episode 9. So, Bob, I think you might remember my dad actually showed us the original Star Wars Christmas special yeah. from back in the day. Yeah. yeah. My family celebrates Christmas in a very special way. One year we watched The Shining on Christmas Eve. We have a weird tradition that's developed where we just watch really strange shit the night before Christmas. I don't know why. And I wonder why I felt at home. <laughs> yeah. So he put on the original Star Wars Christmas special, and I just remember a bunch of Wookiees dancing weirdly and a lot of trippy colors, and I was like, what is happening here? And my dad's answer was, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's probably accurate. <laughs> we, we do not speak of the Star Wars original holiday special. We just don't know. Oh, no. God, it's so terrible. If if you guys want a really weird, weird deep dive, I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube. But man, it's just you celebrate Life Day with the Wookiees. And good Lord, it is fucking strange and terrible. Like, not even funny bad just bad. <laughs> Aren't all the Wookiees subtitled? They might be. Like, they, they are speaking Wookiee. Like, yeah, I it's think not, that's true. Just like Chewbacca, which I get, like, Chewbacca has his thing, but you're gonna do a whole special in Wookiee and subtitle it. Apparently. Oh, man. It was terrible. But anyway, this one is a Lego Star Wars. I've never watched any of the Lego movies, but I have played a couple of the Lego games. Likewise. And actually have been pleasantly surprised by them. Yeah, I've never met a Lego game that wasn't quirky and funny and snarky, so I honestly look forward to this. Yeah, I mostly played the Harry Potter one, but I'm dying to play the Jurassic Park one. I think that one looks super fun. So I'll probably check this out. Why not? I love a Christmas movie. I'll watch that. 
So, while we have it, a quick Marvel minute. Alison Brie has basically been confirmed for She-Hulk. I am stoked about that. There's other Marvel news, you know, slowly coming in as we had the third quarter call lately. There's back and forth on whether our resident Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox, whether he was coming back or not, if they bring Daredevil in. So, who knows? There, That's been going back and forth, but our green glamazon will be Allison Brie. That's awesome. Sidebar, I hope they really do bring Charlie Cox back. I love him. Yep. As you know, Bob, I'm a big fan of Allison Brie. I think she's a great dramatic actress. I think she's a hilarious comedic actress. Ever since she's been working on Glow, she's become a super buff badass. I think you pretty much could not have done better casting for this role. I'm psyched. Yep, I would agree. Everything has pointed towards her. I mean, their original casting notice was an Alison Brie type. Oh, jeez. <laughs> she was on one of the late night talk shows. It was the Late Late Show with James Corden. And he was like, so did you hear that they're looking for an Alison Brie type? And she like deadpans the camera and goes, I'm available. <laughs> I love her. That's very exciting news. All right, shall we move on to our movie of the week? Ba -ba -ba -ba. Sure. I don't know. I got nothing. You 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 prompted me with questions, and I, I'm going uh, no, for No, I it. liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, so our movie this week was Sister Act. Before we get into the deep dive, as always, we're going to go over our drink for this one. This one is called The A with Attitude, which is a line that she says when she gets the really shy girl to belt out an A note in a very, very strong, powerful fashion. In a passionate fashion. Therefore, we have a passion fruit, fra fresh, passion fruit flavored drink. <laughs> passion fruit flavored beverage. We have Parrot Bay passion fruit rum, a splash of Oakheart dark rum, and a tropical fruit juice blend that is apple, mango, passion fruit, and pear. But I feel pretty good about it. One day, I swear I will have a drink that is not just a fruity rum drink. She likes rum. Can you tell people? I really do. I actively went to the ABC store looking for passion fruit liqueur that I could have with vodka, but all they had was passion fruit rum, so I had to run with it. But it ended up being a pretty good drink, so I recommend you guys try this one. Quite tasty. And as always, the recipe quote-unquote if you want to call it that i don't really measure things but the ingredients are all listed on our website for this episode at browsehousemedia.com yep so you got any trivia for us this time sweetheart i sure do trivia item number one bet midler was originally attached to the project Ooh, that makes sense yeah, I like Bed Midler, but I mean, this character is so whoopy. It's hard to imagine anybody else playing it. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see it. Oh, that, ooh, that, mm -hmm. that goes to a casting thing that makes me go, oh, interesting. But outside of that, no, I agree with you. It's a whoopee-driven musical. I, it would be a totally different animal without her. Also, Whoopi Goldberg actually hired Carrie Fisher to rewrite some of her dialogue, which is awesome. Like. Carrie Fisher as in Leia? Yeah, yeah. Oh. She did a lot of uncredited script reworks. I had like no Like a lot clue. of them. That's amazing. Yeah. She's a fan. Or was. Mm. Oh, rest in peace, space mom. She was a fantastic writer. And if you uh, have not read any of her autobiographies, they are great reads. 
I suggest listening to the audiobooks because she tells the stories herself and that makes it even better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's an incredible comedic writer. So Whoopi hired her and, I mean, I think we all know Carrie Fisher is not the uh, cleanest writer. <laughs> <laughs> so Disney execs were not the most thrilled when Whoopi hired her. And the last little bit of trivia I have for you is <laughs> pretty awesome. Some of the cast members would play pranks in their nun costume. Costumes. Costumes. Good lord. Am I... Oh, you're getting from Boston or from Minnesota? Don't Apparently. Know. It's, words are hard tonight. Kathy and Jimmy and Wendy McKenna ordered wine and fries to their hotel room and answered the door in their nun costumes with loud porn playing in the background oh, God. to mess with the hotel staff. <laughs> Fantastic. Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> yes, well, do well done. Well done, ladies. All right, on to Sister Act. So the movie opens. Whoopi Goldberg is a lounge singer at a casino. And she's got two backup dancers. And the music in this movie is already crushing it. They start singing Heat Wave, and then they transition into My Guy. Yeah, it's a whole medley. Whoopi is doing a pretty good job with those vocals. I was yep. impressed. Doing it over self, and the name of the group was called the Runnels. Yeah, which I just read was a combination of two famous musical groups from the 60s, the Ronettes and the Shirelles, I believe. So my favorite part of the scene is when... <laughs> They're kind of like winding down from the song and she's working in the good night, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. And she just slips right into good night, everybody. You don't give a shit. Yeah, she's she's playing the crowd <laughs> and, and they're not clearly, they're dazed and confused. But man, I just really felt that moment in my soul because I have to talk shows for my job and there are shows where you can just give it your all and they are not in it. You just like God. Just let me get through this show. Like I cannot There's wait for so this many to times end. <laughs> I used to work in a very similar facet at a theme park, and I, I was waiting for a lot of our performers to kind of drop those. Hey, it's 110 heat, and you don't give a crap. But I'm gonna continue singing. But most of them did not, and kept it very professional. So I understand it as well. Yeah. So she ends her show. And she goes to see her boyfriend, who is played by Harvey Keitel. Yeah, this cast list, it just keeps giving the whole way down. And I I had seen this movie when it had come out, not in the theaters, but definitely, you know, the VHS times. So, like, some of them were huge names at the time, because this wasn't a small movie. This got a big release. It was out there in the theaters and whatnot, but... um. I was surprised by now of days, if we look at who was in it, the star power kept on giving. It really did. But I gotta say, he's playing a mob boss kind of guy. But like, was he playing Mr. White? I saw no difference. He's <laughs> the exact same character. I mean, look at him in that or Pulp Fiction. He's Harvey Keitel. What else is he gonna do? He's Harvey Keitel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So she's having an affair with him, and he's doing the whole, I'm going to leave my wife, I'm going to leave my wife, but also I'm not going to leave my wife because my priest told me not to. Because divorce would make my soul go to hell. That's right. So she storms off and is mad, and to win her back over, he sends her a bright purple mink coat. Yeah. Were those things that happened back in 92? When I was growing up as a kid, when they said mink coat, I knew that it was something special and very valuable. I I had never really seen one, and now I've seen 
two in this movie because as soon as she you know picks that purple mink coat up and sees it's actually embroidered with his original wife's name on the inside of the coat so not only not only is he trying to buy her love and forgiveness but he screws it up by giving his wife's coat to her which okay purple mink coat is bad enough she then picks up her mink coat that is sitting there on the chair and it has the tails and everything coming off the shoulders and that was the most horrible looking quote i have ever seen it was atrocious looking, and people found these valuable? Ugh. I don't get it. I get the first very soft, but it was god-awful looking. I just don't understand the appeal of, I'm gonna have this dead fox's head right up here by my shoulder, like what? But anyway, we're sidebarring. Yeah. So he sends her an atrocious coat, and she's basically like, screw this guy. My only note for the next scene is all caps, Jim Beaver! We didn't even get there. No, 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 no. You jumped over the biggest point of the whole movie. What? The actual inciting incident. So she takes this coat up to tell him to screw off, and in doing so, she witnesses a murder of his limo driver because that guy went to the cops on this mobster. So she finally says, uh, screw it, this is too much. She goes white as a ghost and goes running out, and that's when she goes to the cops. Then we find Jim Beaver. Yeah, Bobby! Yeah, so Bobby from Supernatural, one of his many, many cop roles. Oh, I mean, he's been in everything. His IMDb list is off the chain. I've met him before, no big deal. I have a picture with him, no big deal. (laughs) You want to name drop a little more? I mean, anybody else you've... No, no, I'm good. I mean, mean, I did meet also Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, but it's cool, it's cool, it's fine. And also, the guy who played Robbie from Spider-Man, one of J. Jonah Jameson's cronies at the newspaper, is the main cop in this. That's where I knew him from. It was driving me crazy. Yep, that's Robbie. Nicely done. Do you have anything else from the cop scene? I mean, the cop scene is a general cop scene. Uh, We'll put you into hiding. Yep, they're going to hide her away at a convent. But really, let's just get to my girl, Maggie Smith. She plays the head mother at this convent. Mother Superior. Mother Superior at this wonderful San Francisco convent, which apparently they set up as... Wait, is it a convent or is it just a church? What's the difference? I don't know. You're Catholic. Used to be. Used to could. Um, To my knowledge, the difference between a convent and a church is nuns live at a convent. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, Another one of the nuns that we meet is... Kathy Najimy, love her, adore her. But again, kind of like with Harvey Keitel and Mr. White, is this nun Mary from Hocus Pocus? Because I see no difference. (laughs) They're the same person. But that goes back to the Bette Midler thing. Had she been in this movie, it would have been Hocus Pocus-ish. Yes, I would. And also, Whoopi eventually ends up taking over running the choir because the choir is struggling a lot. Struggling is very generous. It might have well been on life support. Yeah, it's real bad. But they figure out that she can sing, and they kind of volunteer her to be the new head of the choir. And the old lady that she's replacing, who is the head of the choir, got one sentence out of her mouth. And I was like, that's Laverne from Hunchback of Notre Dame. And sure enough, it was the voice of Laverne. Uh, shit, I should have looked up her name, and I sure didn't. Laverne is the female gargoyle from Hunchback, just to make sure everyone else is in the know. I mean, it's a Disney Plus show. I get that, but maybe not everybody is as fanatical as you are about Hunchback of Notre Dame. I mean, they should be. 
Mary Wicks is her name. Yep. Classic great Mary Wicks. I'm sorry, Mary, that I forgot your name. So really, I don't have any other notes until we get to their first concert, which starts out with just a very well-arranged, beautiful, classic hymn that they then, when they get to the second verse, sing it all over again, but this time it is jazzy, and they're clapping, and it's, like, exciting, and they are praising, and it's really just joyful and celebratory, and it's a really good time. To quote Maggie Smith, there was boogie woogie on the piano everywhere. Yes, there was. And I was here for it. Like watching it, I was like, man, this premise is of course ridiculous. It was very 90s. Everything about it. The music, the premise was just so over the top. The humor was very 90s, but it was just super enjoyable and it made me happy. And once that scene happened, I was like, I don't care how stupid it is. I'm having a really good time here. Yep. The music really is the heart and soul of this movie. It actually, even the scoring underneath it brings back that Blues Brothers feel. The music actually helps tell the story. It almost becomes its own character. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. So Maggie Smith is upset because there's boogie woogie on the piano and she's like McGonagall but without the cool rebellious side of McGonagall. She's got all the stern not fun parts of McGonagall. I think she gains that later in the movie. Yeah yeah for sure. Yeah as you said she has no soul she just kind of uh I just want to live my nun life and the Monsignor actually comes in and is like wow that was amazing you brought people in from the streets and that's how great the music part of this was is they actually cut to the outside of the church and then you see some stragglers who are walking by and they hear the music and you know this church was dying and their convent is on the rocks but through Whoopi's music they literally bring people into the church we do a montage of her continuing to bring good to the people because what happens is that Whoopi actually tries to sneak out one night and she goes to a bar and then two of the other nuns come over with her and she tells them, oh, I used to be a nun in Reno and help the sinners and they thought that she was going to try and you know, help the sinners when in reality she was just trying to get a Coke and a cigarette at the bar to just kick back because she's not really a nun, but none of these nuns know it. So once they go back to the convent, she has to keep up this facade. At that point, McGonagall, Maggie Smith, nun, is ready to kick her out, but the other nuns come to her rescue and are like, she's doing good for this community. Yeah, she's been really active part of the community now, and they helped build this playground for local kids, but that actually ends up getting her in trouble because... She was supposed to stay low. That's right, she was supposed to stay hidden, but then news people came to report on the community work that the nuns were doing, and the cop that's looking out for her realizes that she's on TV, and he's like, what the F? Come on, chick, get it together. And then the cop flies to San Francisco and comes and berates her. What ends up happening is there is a mole in the precinct and the mole rats her out. So Harvey Keitel knows where she is and he's coming after her and the cop's trying to get her out. But she has actually made this choir so famous that the Pope is coming to see them. And they are rehearsing for their concert for the Pope and she cannot leave her girls. She refuses to go. But unfortunately, her loyalty gets her kidnapped. Yep. <laughs> so the two thugs that we've been seeing throughout the entirety of the movie, they show up and kind of just shove her in a car, as well as the young nun is in with her, who, you know, quickly, whoopee, kind of... Shoves her ass out the car. <laughs> <laughs> and the mobsters are like, she saw our face, we'll shoot her if she gets away. And then they were like, eh, oh well, 
She got away. Yeah, like classic stoogish henchmen guys for sure. Yep. Uh, so they take her to Harvey Keitel's hotel home. He's basically ready to kill her and trying to get her all pissed off and trying to get a rise out of her. And she's being very calm and nunlike and saying, "I forgive you. I'm not." Yeah, angry she's at you. playing it up, and playing she it up is well playing it up but i think also like living with those girls has kind of taught her not necessarily patience in that sense but how much it could piss him off the sereneness the nothingness the i'm not gonna give you the satisfaction right like there are bigger things than you asshole and i don't care about you and your story well and we've already established that he's religious he's not gonna divorce his wife because a priest told him so right so now he's faced with i need to kill a nun and he's like she's not a nun and the the thugs are like but she could have you don't know yeah and once she realizes that the henchmen are hesitant to shoot a nun then she like really plays it up yeah she starts praying to make sure that the guys aren't gonna shoot her or till she finds some way out of this praying for their souls so that they won't shoot her yeah and meanwhile the shy nun whose name is escaping me uh sister mary robert yeah that one she runs to the other nuns and tells them what's going on and they all decide that they have to go and save her so they basically go to a helicopter pilot and Catholic guilt him into flying them to the hotel. And it's hilarious. This this may have been my favorite line in the entire movie. Yeah, when they realize that the cops are on their way, but they may not get there in time. One of the nuns just blurts out, we have to go save her. We can't leave her to the feds. Oh, it was Laverne. It was... It was oh, yeah, it was my girl. It was my girl. Yeah. We can't leave it to the feds. <laughs> Well, yes, because a group of nuns are going to do so much better than the feds. Ah, but they did. When they go to rescue her, they... Uh, how did she get away from the gun situation? Oh, she hit him in the balls. <laughs> she does. She, she hits the henchman in the balls. Yeah, she gets down to all she was praying for their souls. She gets down on two knees, and they're, like, behind her all a la... Um, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. That assassin style behind her on either side. And yeah, she just elbows them both in the nuts and then runs away. Ironically, through the same path that she ran through to get away from them the first time through the kitchen. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the mobster might want to, you know, secure up that kitchen path. I'm just saying. Maybe. What about all those poor kitchen employees who are just trying to do their stupid minimum wage jobs and these yeah. crazy people with guns just come like blasting through like once a week? I highly doubt it that they know that they're working in a mob kitchen. Who knows? It's like, man, same shit, different day. Jeez. Yeah. Um, she gets out onto the casino floor and comes across the nuns and they all disperse to hide her amongst them. Yep. They become over a dozen decoys. Yep. The plan works. They keep her pretty well hidden until they all get cornered in one room that's kind of off to the side. She comes forward and she's ready to go off with Harvey Keitel to save the other nuns. But Mr. Cop Man, Mr. Fed shows up. Saves Comes the day. crashing through a mirror. That's right. Shoots Harvey Keitel in the arm, man's down, and then the bad guy is caught. And then they do one final musical number as a wrap-up. They do, and I really, really liked that they used the same songs that they used from the beginning. Yeah, kind of a reprise. One was I Will Follow Him. 
They were both songs that were like classic 60s romance songs, but could also be applied to God, which was kind of fun. And they like jazzed him up in a really cool way. All of the musical numbers were just so, so solid. Yeah. And a really, really fun time. Yeah. It, when we first rolled this one last time, Kate was like, oh, I heard about that one. I'm not sure how I feel. I was like, I think you're going to like it. I, I and, and just based on the music, I think that you were going to like them. And I'm glad that that came through. Yeah, I had a good time. Speaking of how much we like it, it's rating time. Uh-oh. So, Bob, on a scale of one to five purple mink coats, what do you give? Um, what What the fuck is this movie? What do you give? <laughs> what is the name of the movie that God. we were talking about? Um, this is going to be an hour of audio that turns into a 20-minute show. We really are a fucking is. shit show today. On a scale of one to five purple mink coats, how many coats do you give Sister Act? I have been rating things very down the middle, and I have to say, this one kind of stands the test of time for me. I'm going to say it's a solid four out of five purple coats. That's what I was going to give it. I agree, four out of five. I really enjoyed it. Actually, I kind of screwed myself up because I got so caught up just watching the movie that I stopped taking notes about the plot and then had to make Bob step in and help me out a little bit while we were recording this. It is what it is, and uh, I apologize for anything because I'm halfway through this drink. Oh, mine's been gone, honey. I stopped because I had to figure out the plot of the movie. <laughs> so would you like to roll for next week, or you want me to do it? I don't have any dice near me. Okay. I will do it. Do it. Let's spin those die. Four ninety. Saludos amigos. Going classic. Have you ever seen Saludos Amigos? I don't know it at all. I have seen the Three Caballos many, 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 many times. I loved that movie as a kid. I've never seen this one, so I am curious. I'm intrigued. This one I know will have some interesting historical trivia to go along with it. So I'm excited to kind of do some research on that. Yep. I was glad to do this one. It's, you know, solid 90s movie. I grew up with it. So I'm good to move on to something that I've never seen and see how we react and the audience reacts and I'm rambling. <laughs> All right. So we hope you guys enjoyed the show and we hope you join us again in two weeks for our next film review adventure. In the meantime, like us on Facebook at Disney Plus Roulette Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Roulette and on Instagram at Disney Roulette Pod. Or you can email us the old-fashioned way at Disney Roulette Podcast at gmail.com. If you liked what you hear, please give us an old five-star on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by going to BrouseHouseMedia.com and clicking on that donate button at the bottom of the page. Thank you, as always, Bob, for co-hosting with me. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. Alma! Check your battery!